This economic report is sponsored by Rick Kelb, Wealth Management Advisor with Northwestern Mutual since 1983 on Spring Street, Nevada City at rickkelb.com. Well, it's time for our economic update with KVMR's financial guy, Gary Zimmerman. Uh, Welcome, Gary. Thank you, Paul. Well, let's start talking today about the strong job numbers that were published last Friday. That got a lot of coverage in the news. Uh, what is your take on the labor market at this point? Indeed, Paul, both the monthly payroll job numbers and the unemployment rate um, in percent uh, provided very positive labor market news for the economy, offsetting the the weak GDP numbers that came out about the same time or the same week. So the monthly increase in jobs was about double the high figure that many economists were already expecting. And, you know, we also saw the unemployment rate fall slightly, and now it matches the lowest unemployment rate over the past 50 years. So, you know, the strong labor market numbers are important because they may affect the Federal Reserve's monetary policy and interest rate decisions over the next several months. And, you know, the strong, robust growth makes it more likely that the Fed will raise interest rates more or even faster. You know, and that would be especially true if we see this, you know, strong job growth continuing in the months ahead. So uh, everybody will be watching these um Bureau of Labor Statistics job num payroll job numbers um, in the months ahead. It's also important, you know, that with this, you know, continued strength in the labor market, you know, we suggest we're probably not in a recession when the economy has been adding jobs at such a rapid pace. And, you know, over six million jobs have been added over the past year, while the unemployment rate has fallen from 5.7 percent to 3.5 percent. And we're also seeing job switching. Um, You know, we have a lot more people employers looking for a lot more people than um, job seekers. Um, so that that's important. And we also are seeing relatively rapid overall wage growth, maybe not as fast as overall inflation. But the, again, those are other indicators of robust job market strength. Well, let's start with the payroll job numbers, Gary. Um, what are they and just how large was that kind of a, that wealth covered uh, story of the July increase in new jobs. Uh, Was that a surprise to you? Well, payroll jobs, those are, you know, based on a large monthly survey of firms, and they estimate the total number of payroll jobs across, you know, all sectors of the economy, except for agriculture. And there were 152.5 million non-farm payroll jobs in July of 2022. That is a record number of payroll jobs for the country. Um, And then you add in more than half a million jobs being created in July. So a monthly increase of 528,000 jobs is huge. That's about three times the average monthly increase in jobs over the, you know, 10-year period of economic expansion from 2010 to 2019. So, yes, I was surprised, too. So what do these payroll jobs numbers measure, Gary? Uh, Do they show any parts of the labor market that were especially robust in July? Well, in addition to estimating the number of total payroll jobs, the report estimates the number of jobs for service sectors like healthcare, education, leisure and hospitality, transportation, information services, retail trade, and then for goods producing sectors, including manufacturing, construction, you know, and then it also includes government jobs in the economy as well. 
you know, and so in July, most of the new jobs, about 400,000 of the 528 total jobs were created, were, were generated in the service sector. The largest job increases were reported in leisure and hospitality services that had been hard hit by the COVID recession. They were up about 100, a little over 120,000. Um, education services and healthcare and related services were both up about 100,000 jobs. And professional and business services were up almost 90,000 new jobs. So, you know, overall, there was a huge increase in July, unexpected strength. It was pretty broadly based, and especially in the service sector. So, Gary, uh, uh, was that large July increase in jobs enough to uh, to lower the unemployment rate, which had been stuck at 3.6% for quite some time? If it did lower it, how much... Did the unemployment rate fall and how low is the overall uh, unemployment rate uh, by historical perspectives? Okay, Paul. Yeah, the hun- headline unemployment rate um, has been low or at below the 4% that the, the Fed, Federal Reserve uh, generally considers to be full employment in the longer run. So it's been under 4% since November of 2021. Uh, so that's on the low side. And you know, it had been at 3.6% for several months. And in July, with the big increase in, in new jobs, the unemployment rate edged down to 3.5%. The last time it was that low was in the late 1960s. And for comparison, just you know, just a year ago, the unemployment rate was at a high of five point seven, a high five point seven percent. You know, as the economy was still recovering from the very short but very sharp 2020 COVID recession. So, uh, through July, the labor markets were you know at full employment and were adding jobs at a very rapid pace by historic standards. And you know that was that would that is for policymakers raising additional concerns about the already high inflation rate. And you know that's why the Fed has been raising interest rates to to slow the economy's growth. Okay, one more question, Gary. Are unemployment rates low across the board or not? Is there any way to look at the unemployment rate data by demographics, uh, individual groups? And can you tell us about any demographic differences in unemployment? Yes, the Bureau of Labor Statistics household survey that's used to estimate the monthly unemployment rate figures for the country also reports a number of demographic breakdowns as well as geographic. Um, So on the demographic side, you know, they have breakdowns by age, by gender, by race and by educational level. So we can we can look at some of those for July of 2022. The overall unemployment rate for the economy was a very low 3.5 percent of the civilian labor force. Uh, for some of the groups that were below average, that would be college graduates um, as a group demographic group were had an unemployment rate of 2 percent. Asians as a group had an unemployment rate of 2.6 percent. Um, those individuals with some college had an unemployment rate of 2.8%. Adult women as a group uh, had an unemployment rate of 3.1%. Uh, whites as a group had an unemployment rate of 3.1%. And adult men as a group had an unemployment rate of 3.2%. So those were all below average. And at, at about average, the average being 3.5% right now, uh, the high school graduates uh, with no college education were at uh, 3.6% as a group. Um, Hispanic and Latino ethnicity as a group, were they were at 3.9%. So about average for those two groups. And then above average, we have Black or uh, African-Americans as a group 
their unemployment rate was 6%, and that's relatively low by historic standards uh, for this group. Um, less than a high school diploma had an unemployment rate of 5.9%. And then teenagers, who always have a very high unemployment rate, uh, reported an unemployment rate of 11.5%. So generally, you know, broadly speaking, we had low unemployment rates by his were, you know, quite low by historic standards for most of the groups. And that, again, attests to the overall strength of the current labor market and the economy. Well, lots of information. But it looks to me like uh, if a person is reasonably skilled, uh, they, they can find a job, right, today? Yes. Yeah. Today, they should be able to find a job. Yeah. yeah. With uh, 10 or 11 million job openings out there. I notice uh, just going around town, large numbers of help wanted signs on businesses, particularly restaurants. I've noticed that too. Gary, thank you so much. And uh, we'll chat with you in a couple of weeks. Okay. Thank you, Paul. You bet. Gary Zimmerman is a retired senior economist for the San Francisco Federal Reserve and currently is a visiting professor at the Vienna University of Economics and Business in Austria, where he teaches courses in economics and finance.